Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. This morning, we're going to talk about decisions, and um, I'm really excited uh, for the message just because I believe that uh, when God puts something on my heart specifically uh, for what I believe our year, that if we can, it, it's, it's like the scriptures we just, we, we just received about the ground. And we all understand the ground's tied to our heart and the heart's tied to how we listen or what we're listening to. And so it's so important to recognize that if you want to have that success in life, that harvest, that multiplication process to happen in your life, it's going to require your heart to receive. And so that's what I chose to do years ago um, in my journey with being a follower of Jesus. I made a choice that when I come into the service, when I come in to hear the pastor talk about whatever his message is, I made a choice to believe, made a choice to receive. I had to recognize that before Jesus, I didn't know anything. So when I came in, I couldn't act like I did. And that's when you can learn because you don't have all the other stuff in the way of, well, what about this or what about that? I came in clean, clean slate. I understood just through my life the basis of, of how you are able to excel in sports is, is you don't bring your baggage, you, you, you receive information. The coach never says, well, what do you think? Or how would you like to? Or, or would you do it? You know, they, they tell you what to do. And as you grow in whatever it is that endeavor you're doing, you start building up a maturity, a wisdom that helps you be able to input into others. And that's what God wants for all of us. Now, I'm not saying you have to wait till you're older and elder, you know, person to be able to give advice. But what I'm saying is, is once you start understanding the principle, you're going to be able to help others. Like a junior higher will be able to help an elementary school kid. That's what we want. It's happening right now, by the way, not in a good way, but in a bad way. But it happens. So if we can understand our responsibility to get information and related information, recognizing that we're, we're helping someone else to get to the place where they need to go. Not necessarily where they want to go, but where they need to go. Because where you want and need can be two different things. And that's where we're going to look at decision. Amen? So I believe that once we uh, get through this, it's going to clarify a whole lot of things. Um, because, you know, ultimately... We're decision-making people. You know, God created us with our will. And that will, which when you look at it, how he created will, he established millions of trees and put one bad one. That's all he did. He didn't put half and half where it would be, oh my gosh, which one? He made it very simple. This one's a bad one. Millions are good. And what did they do? They ended up gravitating toward the place where they shouldn't have been. Let me think about that. And when you look at the fall of, of, of the creation where Adam and Eve made the wrong choice, and then the effect of that choice, that decision went on through up to today. 
and will continue on. But Jesus also made a decision. And his decision gave us the ability to have a way out. Everybody say way out. And there's, there's nothing wrong with having a way out because ultimately, isn't that what you guys want? We all want it. Don't we want an ability to get a way out? You know, golfers call it a mulligan. You know, give me another, another chance. Give me another chance. And I believe that God's grace is, is taught, it, when it's taught correctly, gives you the recognize, the, gets you to a place to where you recognize that even if you fall, there's a way out. Now, the world doesn't teach that. Society doesn't teach that. Family usually doesn't teach that. Usually when you fall, you're going to be re reminded that for the rest of your life. You know, yeah, I mean, you'd be, you know, 50 years old at the family gathering and they could be talking about when you screwed up, reminding you. Remember that time? Because that's what people like to do. When, when people gather together, it's amazing. Uh, but you get to the gather the round and what you start talking about is past. It's an amazing thing. I, I, I listen. I watch it all the time. Past, past, past. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm going doesn't anybody have a life today and future, thinking about the future? But it's what we do. We get back and we start reminiscing, what's it, reminiscing about the past. And I thought to myself, I'm thinking to myself, let me see, my past. Nah, I don't think I want to talk about it. Because, I mean, I already have to search for good stuff or search for things that I, you can elevate to something that's worthy of communication. But most of the time, you know, it, it, it's, it's not necessarily edifying or building, you know. And so it's the tendency. This is what we do. And I think if, it's, it, if we're looking at life correctly, we're going to recognize we got to take every minute as an important one. Every decision matters. It counts. Now, there's small ones, little ones that I'm not talking about, like what, you know, the, um, I guess it's been shown or studied or proven that we make about 2,000 decisions a day. That's average. It's normal. 2,000 decisions a day. Now, you wake up in the morning, oh, what am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? Am I going to eat 10 minutes early, 10 minutes late? Um, am I, am I going to go faster? Am I going to go slower? So you're, that, that's to help you understand. Because a lot of times you're 2,000, you're going, oh, I don't. Yeah, you do. You probably make way more than that too. But they're constant. So what happens is those subconscious, subconscious decisions or the, the instant ones aren't really big deal unless, you know, it's a red light and there was a police at the stop. <laughs> to you, it might not been a big deal at that point, but with him there, it made it a big deal. With him not there, it's no big deal. Whoop, little late, boom, I'm through. And it's funny because we go through life not really, you know, thinking about all the decisions we're making. And I'm not trying to tell you that we need to slow down and think about all of them. Hmm, what should I eat? What color should I wear? That would be a long life because that'd be a long day, right? So we don't want that. We don't want that at all. What we want is, is we want to be able to go through life biblically correct in the big major decisions that affect not only us, but other people, right? Don't you agree with that? So research shows that a typical person makes 2,000 decisions every waking hour. Isn't that something? Every waking hour. Most decisions are minor. 
we make them instinctively or automatically. Many decisions we make throughout the day take real thought and have serious consequences. But how are we reacting in that decision-making process will determine good or bad. And this is what we have to pay attention to because the problem with human nature, or if you statistically want to show the life of people, most people are going to continue to make bad decisions over and over and over. I, I see it. I've seen it. And being a pastor at the length of time I have, I've been able to go through different time periods of, remember, you know, housing crash, you know, uh, uh, Y2K, you know, all these different things happening. You watch people make bad decisions, have negative effects, get through, finally get through all those negative effects. And what happens? All of a sudden, another thing comes and they make the same bad decisions. Research, research shows that people, when they're asked to look at their past and pay attention to why they decision, what happened when they did it. Ultimately, even though they see train wreck, they will go forth and still make the bad decisions because they convinced themselves that there was something good in there. Or they convinced themselves that this one will be different, even though it's the exact same thing. The situation's the same. And that's so sad. And we don't want that, do we? Anybody want that? No. You got, I got a lot, you guys are a lot of wise people out there. And I know you're dealing with things and you have different battles, different issues. But the point is, if you could only see yourself the way God does. Because ultimately what we do is in our viewpoint of us, we have the tendency to judge us really unfairly. And by doing that, we incorrectly look at life in a way that does bring it around in the same way over and over and over. And we don't want that. I try to tell young people this all the time. If you do not listen and, and hear and follow through with the wisdom that you're getting from this boomer, you're going to be just like your parents. You're going to repeat the same mistakes as they do. And I don't say that out of jest or just say it out of guesswork. People, I've seen it over and over and over. I'm not saying a couple times. I've seen it more than a few times. I've seen, the, I've seen the kids grow up in church. And you got the church kids. They got the church lingo, church everything. But what I see is, is same problem, same mistake. And what do they do? They go out, they get older, they get teenage, they get, you know, just in high school, out of high school, and make the same exact mistakes that their parents did. Same ones. And I know their parents. I mean, I'm not talking about one parent, parents, plural, by a ton of them. I know they don't go through their kids' lives and go, we want you to be just like them, make the same mistakes. We want you to do exactly what we did wrong. No, no parent does that. None. Then why, with your attitude of not wanting that to happen, why does it take place? Because if you're not consciously, parents, I would pay attention right now. If you want to sleep the rest of the service, that's on you. But right now, you better pay attention. If you don't consciously raise your kids, you will 
subconsciously raise them, which means they're going to make your exact same mistakes. I don't care what you believe, what you feel, what you think, what you pray, what you fast, what you cry. I don't care. It doesn't matter. If you don't consciously, consciously, consciously make choices, decisions, training, information, you will subconsciously raise them. And guess what? I would say over 80% of all parents in church subconsciously raise their kids. It's probably higher than 8%, but I'm trying to be real nice because I can look at percentages of kids that turned out good, and it's very few. And I've dealt with thousands of people over the years of ministry, thousands. So this is statistically proven and biblically proven. So please, let's hear the information. Let's pay attention to it so we can get on the right track of life. Otherwise, you know what? Next year, five years down the line, you're going to be one of my statistics. You're one of my analogies. You're one of the groupings. I don't name names, but all I'm saying is, is you'll be able to go, yep, I was one of them. Just like people out there that have heard me over the years, they can do the same thing. At the moment, they might go, what does he know? What does he, what does he know? I would be proven right because I'm lining up with not only scripture, but statistics on human nature. So I'm just not making this stuff up. I want your success. I want your success. Single, married, married with children, not the TV series. I want your success. Amen. Everybody in here. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, today I've given you a choice between life and death. Today, I've given you a choice between life and death, between blessing and cursing. Now, listen what God said. Pay attention to it. Don't look at this with religious eyesight, but listen what he just said. Life and death, blessing and cursing. Okay, you hear those words, but listen what he's saying. There's a choice for life and blessing. I don't know about you, but that's, I, I think I want to get on this side. And I want to connect with the life and blessing, don't you? The life, and the, there's death and a curse and life and a blessing. I, I want to choose this one. But what I like is there is that choice. So that means there has to be some pathway, some journey that has all this. Isn't that awesome? Now, when God says what he says concerning choosing, is he talking about a situation, a circumstance, or is he talking about life? Exactly. He's talking about life. So that means everything in life has a choice of life or death, blessing or cursing. Are you hearing me? Are my boys listening? Every decision. Today. I give you a choice. When? Today. Not yesterday. Not tomorrow. Today. Today's a choice. That means tomorrow you're going to wake up. Today's a choice. Isn't that cool? So today's a choice. When you look at this, you're going to start realizing in the area of decisions, in the area of choices, I have to recognize that that means where the enemy's involvement is, is his desire 
to be able to influence those choices. Now, everybody in here, everybody, can recognize a time in your life when you listen to someone else's choices for you. Everybody in here. You can remember when you did it, what happened when you did it. Amen? So you listen to that person. That's why Jesus said, be careful. Take heed on who you're listening to. Why did the human race fall? Because Adam and Eve listened to the wrong person. First thing God said when Adam was hiding, and Adam said, we hid because we were naked. And he said, who told you? That's it. Who told you? And that is so important to understand because that is the basis of the fall. Who told you? They submitted to the different information that was being handed out. When people make bad choices, there's always bad information. There's either on the outside or on the inside. Because you can make a bad choice in a good time. I see it all the time. I've seen it with people making big purchases, big money purchases. They make bad choices, even though it's a good time. Why? Because most people make decisions based upon what they want, not what the real need is. And because of that, you tend, you tend not to have a wall or a protection up because you want to get that. I want that. Understand this. Study history on economy. There's no economy on planet Earth since the beginning of taking history where economies continually go up and don't go anywhere but up. Nowhere. You'll never find it anywhere. There's no such thing. Then how can we make decisions based upon this view? Because we don't look at that. We look at what we want right now. I, I have a tendency to review and research constantly when I want to make a decision on a purchase that's big. Big to me can be a hundred bucks. But what I'm saying is, is I have a process. I review, I research, I look, I look, I look, and I'm looking for all the things that I need to be looking at. That's not for the purpose of I'm going to pull the trigger. That's because I want to be well-informed on everything I'm doing, first and foremost. I want the information. The information can't hurt me at all. But ultimately, what it does, it drives me to a point of decision, to a place of, now i got to take it to step two. Step two is a rough place because step one is what I want. There's so many things I want. Not, <laughs> not just for me, but for our family, and not just for me and my family, for our church. So many things I want. And to be honest with you, so many things that we need. But that doesn't qualify me to be able to go in debt or poverty because there's a need and want. What I have to do is I have to determine 
the, the importance of life involved in that decision. So that way, I'm not going to overextend myself or get in a position where debt becomes king in my life. I've already lived that life. That life doesn't work. I'm not repeating it. I'm not going to repeat it. And, and, and I haven't. And our, our ability to be in a, in a good place in our life as far as debt ratio is because I've learned my mistakes. And so I have the ability and people, most people don't understand this or even recognize this. And I made this comment, but I haven't had a raise since 2007. I took a cut. And I haven't had a raise since 2007. I've made the same amount the whole time. And people freak out. They're like, well, how is that possible? I can do that. First and foremost, I've been walking this walk for a long time. I know him, and I know him in my life. He meets all my needs. Now, how I can do and we do or have what we have, I'm, I'm telling you, it's not based upon what I make. It's based upon what we believe for and what we stand in faith for. And, and I'll get increase, and I'll get a gift. I'll, things come in, but the main point is, is, I don't overextend. So when the time comes when I want to have a vacation or we want something that's expensive for that time, I'll be able to take care of it because I'm not in this crazy debt life. And that's what I want everybody to get hold of because that is a position of being under slavery. Big time. I want y'all debt free. But it's sad to see in statistics, the highest level of debt are the people that least can afford it. Not the people that are successful. And you would say, because they got all the money. No, it has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the want, need mindset. And when you don't have, and you have lack, you want, get, get, get. And it robs you, steals from you. Success is always cheaper than poverty. I'll say that again. Success is always cheaper than poverty. Poverty will pay way higher interest rates than success. Everything's tripled and doubled, doubled and tripled when you don't know how to make right decisions financially. And I want us to be able to, and you might think, what's finances? Finances is everything to do with everything, 100%. You eat, you breathe, I mean, you not breathe, you, you, um, you, you, you live, you drive, you close. Thank you, Jesus. Cool. All that. So it's necessary to understand that. But again, it, it, it's these good times that people don't look at, but it doesn't stay that way. Now, the rich people, the people that are successful, they do look at it and they go, wait a minute, because it's going to blast down, and then it's when I become rich. And they do, because that's all of a sudden, everybody with their, you know, all their toys and all their, you know, extras and all this stuff, all of a sudden, they got to get rid of it. But it ain't that what they bought it for. Now it's yard sale time. So what you bought at, you know, 10000 I'm going to get for 1000 bucks. Why? Because this is how it always goes. So the thing is, is always realize 
that there's an important part to play in the area of maintenance and understanding increase. Because a smart farmer will understand increase means plant more, not give away more, plant more, and you'll be able to get more. It's the key to success. You got more seed, plant. You get more increase. But most people want to go, 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 gobble it all up. Look how much I got. So what you hear will ultimately become what you see. What you hear will be what you see. People don't get this, and young people need to really hear this because who you're around, who you're listening to, will start determining how you look life, how you look at things. So what we want to do is we want to realize that um, what we hear, how we hear, will determine our lives in general. I'm talking to parents, too and what they're communicating to their kids. What kids, what young people are hearing, hopefully you're translating information not tied to your past, but to your conscious understanding of the right way to live life. Because I'm t if you don't do this, you're going to pretty much dictate to your kids the way you lived your life. And I'm telling you, no one in here is going to go, yeah, my life was the greatest. It was, so, it was filled with, with purity and integrity. No, you're not. You're going to look at your life and go, no, it wasn't. Don't oversell yourself. Don't try to act like, listen, you had this, you know, uh, Mercedes life, but actually it was, you know, used car. Don't do that. That's, that's not unfair to your kids. Be real to your kids. Be truthful. You know, be real. I was a player. You ain't going to be. I was a hoochie mama. You ain't going to be. Parents, I mean, be real. Are you hearing me? Be real. Because if you don't, I mean, I look at my kids and it ain't about, I don't want to be like, man, I don't want to be like, it ain't about that. It's about, I have a vision and a focus and a desire and a purpose and a plan. And it's all tied to everything in connection with the information, God's word, information, understanding, knowledge of my journey. And that's what I want for them. I want to be men of character. I want to be Holy Ghost filled, spirit this. No, I don't. I want to be people of character. That will, that's that all take care of itself. People, men of character. If I had a daughter, I, I, my, my, it would be so easy. She would be a Proverbs woman. That's I wouldn't want her. I would want her to be that Proverbs woman. So I would train her accordingly. But I wouldn't train her like some hoochie mama. What what I want is put her out for sale. I want my daughter to be this. What, 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 would, what is that? What, what is that? I don't I want my daughter to wear a sleeping bag. Why would I want her to, why would I want her to pounce around? Like, hey, look, look, this is for sale. I, I love my kids. No, you don't. You're thinking of your past. You're processing through your past. Well, I actually do have three daughters. I raised them good, too virgins and loving Jesus and serving God. So anyway, you might be like, who are they? Well, if you don't know them by now, you ain't part of love life. But the point is, is, is when we're looking at life, you cannot allow yourself to focus in on anything but what is the correct way? What is the right way? 
And that's what I want, the correct way, the right way. Not just assumptions or feelings. Correct way or right way. Amen? It's not a difficult journey. It's, it's a journey that demands respect. Respecting yourself, respecting others. Amen? So it's so important to recognize that. 1 Corinthians 15.53 says this, do, my, do not be misled, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts. Bad company corrupts. Everybody say corrupts. The word corrupts is the word used that they would use for either spoiling a fruit or rusting in metal. How many know that doesn't happen right away? It's a process, right? Bad company corrupts, now notice, good character. You know how many years I've been teaching this? For as long as I remember, because I've been teaching this since youth ministry. Bad company corrupts. You know how many people sit there and look at you and pretty much laugh at you and go, yeah, right. Or how many people have told you, I won't be misled by them. I won't be changed by them. I'm going to win my boyfriend to Jesus. I'm going, and it's the it's, it's same thing. Like I said, I've been doing this for 100 years, and I'm telling you right now, 100% of the time, good character is corrupted. Not 99.9. 100% of the time, corruption takes place. Every time. Not sometimes, every time. And if they don't make the decision, whoop, this ain't working, I'm out of here, they will continue the corruption to deception. And deception is, is they're believing the lie. And guess what happens? Everything they saw as lovely, as pure, as right, they no longer see that anymore. They don't see the importance of, of, of church. or it, Nothing is important as it was before when they're on top in their place of living right, it now has become dirtied. Now you think, how can this happen to this? It's the process of spoiling or rust. You don't, you don't go in the first day going, rust me up, spoil me. You go into a process of belief, of wanting something good, but you're violating God's word. You can't override his word. No matter how, try, how much you try and know how hard you believe and how much you pray and how much you communicate, it's going to be a train wreck, period. So what do we do? Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Loving people is doing the right thing. Amen? Doing the right thing. So Mark chapter 4, verse 24 says this. Jesus said, pay close, to, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen the more understanding will be given and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. In other words, you know, you lose what you don't use. That information will leave. You might be thinking it, it, it slowly dissipates. No, it, it's lost in, you know, the, the fantasy land of your brain. But also... To lose something can be based upon new information entering in. So you can have the information that's good right now, 
walk out there and all of a sudden start talking to someone that doesn't necessarily agree and they start trashing you with their information. And all of a sudden that information, you start receiving it because that's scripture. Words are received. You receiving it, all of a sudden you lose what? That good information. And that's how you don't want that, right? No, you want the good information to stay. Well, it needs reinforced. All good information needs reinforced. And that's why we want to hear it from different points. Church is not raising your kids. You raise your kids. But what I want to do is I want to put a point in with your point. But what happens is most parents, we're violating your points. And guess what? Talking out of experience, I'm talking about years and years of seeing this. Yours will override ours. Oh, they'll love Jesus in church and they'll sing the songs in church. And as they get older, all of a sudden you start seeing something happen. What happened to that cute five-year-old that would do the puppet Jesus scenes that would quote the scriptures and sing with all their heart? And now they're not doing that. What happened? Church didn't change its points. Parents did. Turn on the scary music right now. <laughs> so pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But to those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away. That's Luke 8, 19. Two decisions on truths. First, unwise decisions equal regret. Unwise decisions equal regret. Wise decisions equal blessing, right? Unwise decisions equal regret. Wise decisions equal blessing. That's obvious, isn't it? Number two, you're living in past decisions right now. You're living in past decisions. So you can look at your life right now and say, okay, things are going pretty good. Well, there's been some past decisions. If you're dealing with some issues, there's been wrong past, bad past decisions. But the point is, is you're reflecting that right now. If you've got some issues you're dealing with in your marriage, please hear this. Please hear me right now. Please pay attention. Past decisions. But I need you to understand what I just said. Past decisions. Where are you right now? Now. You're now. You're, you're reflecting past decisions, but you're living right now. Yeah, but no, 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 no. The truth is this. You're living past decisions right now. But today's now. So that means a decision made can change your future, now, right now, right now, today. So you don't have to look at that as if it's tomorrow because it's not. Today is today. There is no tomorrow. There is no, yesterday's gone. So the decision you make today is going to, it, it, it's going to either replicate what, what's been happening or change. Things start changing. All because of a decision right now. Right now, what do you want? Do you want to live this revolving door of life? Or do you want to get out of this thing? Yeah. New decision today. Yeah. Today. 
listen, it's not one decision that ruined your life. It's not. It's a start, but that's it. And we'll look at that and we'll see this truth. Amen. 12 understandings to choose right. We're going to look at, first of all, we're going to look at the story of what I believe is a very impacting, important story of, like I said, um, we got young people in here this morning. Uh, they, they're in a society that loves to make fun of the, the older generation. Um, it's, like, it, it, it's like the concept of the older generation creates a car. The new generation paints flames on it and goes, look at my car. I don't want to hear about your car. You don't even have a car unless they created the car. But see, that's the lie and deception of the new generation. I'm talking about the world out there. Not about you guys, because you guys are going to live above them. You're wiser than them. But what happens is, is there's, this, there's this systematic agenda to destroy the wisdom that's out there so that people control you. Remember, information and knowledge is strength and power, but they don't want you to have that. So if they can keep you dumbed down, are you listening to me? You, you X generation, Y, Z, and whatever. You guys all, I'm telling you right now, all listen to me. Millennials, listen to me. You, you think I'm playing? I'm not. They want to keep you as dumb as rocks. Dumb. Why? Because that's how they control. Look at, and I know it's difficult because you go to school and they don't teach school anymore. But if you look at history and pay attention to the historical facts of cultures and societies, you will see control always dictates the destruction of not only the wealthy, but the smart. And they wipe them out and bring up everybody in a position of control. I would say probably one of the, one of the early, one that I can think of right now that's the earliest one is when um, uh, the Laos was invaded by the, the, the war that went on. And I think it was Campuchia, and now it's Laos or something. And they went in to wipe out the whole nation to transform them into a communist nation. The first people they took away were teachers, professors, everybody that had any type of, it, it, a movie Killing Fields was made out of it. But they take out all the people, knowledge, books, and everything, they wipe them out, destroy them all, and they take the common normal folk and they start giving them the agenda. And they continue this and then raise them till they're exactly what they want. No wisdom, no knowledge, no professors, no scientists, nothing. That's exactly what's taking place in our colleges, in our high schools. They're not, they're not concerned about you learning something they want to know how they can manipulate you. And if I was a parent with my kid in the public school, first of all, I wouldn't be. But anyway, there are people, y'all out there. I would, be, I would be at the door making sure my kids are taught right. And if they're not, I'd be screaming the loudest or pulling mine out and put them, find them in a place where they could learn. Because if you, you're doing a disservice to your children, if you're keeping them in a place that all they're doing is indoctrinating them on six different uh, types of, of people on this earth, not two, six different ones. I mean, this is crazy, but it's on the parents. It's on the parents. You have a responsibility to train up a child in the way they should go. 
not allow the school to do it, not allow Nana to do it, Grandma to do it, the, the, the neighbor to do it, the, the Mary Moppet's nursery to do it. You are supposed to do it. Not even the church. You. That's your responsibility. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. I'm just talking about something that's close to me. I don't want to see your children failures or indoctrinated to where they can't even make a decision. That's someone that wants to control and influence them. They want all the power and authority. That's Satan, by the way. It's pure Satan. It's everywhere in the Bible. Remember what he did with Jesus on the temptation? It said he showed him every kingdom in a moment. And he said, I will give you these kingdoms and the authority over them. This is what he's telling Jesus. He said this because he had that power and authority because of Adam. Adam was to God over this world. He was created to rule the world, him and Eve. And all of a sudden, Satan now has that authority because it was given to him. He goes to Jesus. Is a temptation something that has proof to it? Or it's fake? It has to be truth, right? Because I can't tempt you with a Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse dollar. Here, here, you want a dollar? Here, here. And you're looking at, why? You can't, I can't use it. There's no temptation there, right? No, but if I counterfeit it, then there can be a temptation, right? So it has to have some level of truth to it and just a little bit off. But in the Greek language, it literally says this. If you could just bow to me one time. Isn't that interesting? Just one time, you can have all this. I found that interesting in the Greek, what happened. He wasn't asking, I need a consistency of you. He just said, all I need is one time. Do it just once. Isn't that how our habits start? The things that we're not happy with in our lives? Isn't that how it starts? That first time. The first time. It's so important to understand that. And I believe if we start really paying attention to decisions, we'll start realizing, wait a minute, there's so much involved that I need to really connect with this so I don't get sucked into a place that I really didn't want to belong to or be a part of. I want better for my life. Everybody growing up doesn't look at their life and go, I want a mess. I want destruction. I want a broken relationship. I want my heart ripped out. I want my virginity taken. No one goes into life that way. No one. You end up there. But there had to be a first day, first time. Something started to cause you to start going down that path. I can tell you, most likely, it wasn't you on your own. There was another voice. And usually, it's the one that's already been down the path. I didn't take my first drink of alcohol because I thought, hey, might as well. Because the other guys that already did the one time were now talking to me. The other guys are talking about how cool it is, how good it is. See, what I do is I don't do this like some parents do. 
I don't go to my kids and go, oh, alcohol, it's terrible, and it's, it, 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 it'll destroy you, and it's ugly, and it's mean, it's bad. I'll go, nope, alcohol's good. And it makes you feel good for a time. Drugs, oh my gosh. I'm telling you. Coke, speed, you name it. Felt good for a short time. Not for a long time. See, the Bible says sin is pleasurable for a short time, but not for the long time. So what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to lie to my kids because I don't want them to hear all this. And all of a sudden they get around people that are going, oh, man, it's great. It's great. It's great. I want them to go, yeah, my dad told me that stuff's great, but it'll ruin your life. My dad told me that this happens, you know, that alcohol, yeah, you're not going to, it's going to suck the, the beginning, but after a while, you're going to feel that buzz and, and you're going to feel, man, it's like all the cares of the world are gone and, and it's all good until, you know, you're in jail or the DUI or the, you, you hit someone that you, you know, I don't want to hit someone, but you hit someone or your child was in the car and you decided, you know, thought, hey, drinking a daily ain't going to hurt me, you know, and all of a sudden you have to take your kid to the, to, to, to you know, the emergency because she fell. But see, you already had your couple glasses of wine. But now you're getting a little wreck, thunderbender, because, you know, hey, this is what we do, man. This is what we do. And you got your little child. But all of a sudden, the police go, whoop, no, we take your kid now because you're DUI with your children. But you just say, hey, this is what we do. This is what we do. But see, you didn't know she was going to get an emergency. You didn't know he was getting an emergency. Now, what are you going to do? You're, you're going to do exactly what a parent will do. I'm getting in that car and driving my kid to safety. But wait a minute. You're a limit. You can lose kids for that. But see, we don't think that way. We think of what we like, what we enjoy. I like when I go to this because the, the police, when we, we have police officers here, they usually be doing this. It's almost like they're a bobblehead right now. Because they, they can testify of the truth of my statements. But we don't do that. Why? Won't ever happen. Won't, that's someone else. All I'm saying is, is decisions. Let's pay attention, okay? Rehoboam and Jeroboam were Rehoboam, Solomon's son. Solomon dies. Rehoboam is his son that takes over the kingdom. All right. Rehoboam is Solomon's son, takes over the kingdom. Jeroboam is a guy that Solomon kicked out. Of his, of his kingdom because he started getting an attitude and, hey, I could rule this place. So Solomon wants to kill him, but Jeroboam runs to Egypt. So Jeroboam is this guy that used to be under Rehoboam's dad, Solomon. He's living in Egypt. Solomon dies and Rehoboam's told, hey, Solomon's dead. So there's no one going to try to kill you anymore. So they said, Rehoboam is going to have his coronation. He's going to get up and talk to the people. And Jeroboam in Egypt goes, hey, let's go down and check it out. Now that I can finally live in my own country again, I'm out of here. So he leaves Egypt and comes back. Rehoboam is now before everybody, and they stand. he's standing before all of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, and they're asking Rehoboam a question. How are you going to treat us? Because they're like, man, your dad, he made us build all kinds of things. We were, we were almost like slaves during his time. Oh, we had riches. We had prosperity. We didn't have any wars. But man, I didn't see him lift a hammer. 
I didn't see him put any bricks on that wall. And so they're like going, how are you going to treat us? And Rehoboam goes, give me three days and I'll come back and tell you. So they all splatter, they all, you know, go. And then Jeroboam's out going, hey, I could be king. I could be king. Hey, I could be king. Hey, I could be king. And so he's doing his seed sowing. Rehoboam goes back and he goes back to the boomers. Okay, boomer. Hey, what should I do? And they said, treat the people better than your dad. Build them up, lift them up, encourage them. Give them, a, give them a sense of dignity. Don't make them slaves. And that's what they tell them. They said, listen, you do that, they'll serve you forever. Almost like they'll worship you forever. And that's what the boomer said. So he goes around and he goes to his buddies, his high school clan, his group he grew up with. You know, the wise ones that have all this life experience. What do you guys think I should do? Well, dude, your dad used to whip them. Your dad used to do this. Double it up, bro. Double it up, man. Make them fear you. Man, oh, man, rule this with an iron fist. I mean, we got control, eh? And so they're, they're just building up and saying, man, your, your dad whipped them. Man, give them scorpions. I mean, make them sting them. I mean, give those punks out there. Who do you think they are? We're the ones of power. They're nobodies. And so Rehoboam comes back and he said, Boomer? Nah, I like the flames on the car, essay. And so he starts saying, you think my dad was rough? And this is what he did. He rejected the wisdom and ran with the bros. See, this is the failure I've seen over the years with Christians. They start rejecting wisdom and start running with people that are in the same failure, same state of mind, same rebellion, same gossip. Same, and that's when they start making bad decisions. And Rehoboam goes, I'm going to, my dad beat you whips. I'm going to bring in scorpions and I'm going to do, and he started doing this and they were like going, dude, no way. We ain't hanging with you. And Jerem goes, no, no, no. We ain't hanging with you. Come with me, boys. And so he takes the tribes. One tribe stayed with Rehoboam, Judah, the tribe of David. They stayed faithful. And so now we have all the tribes of Judah, all the tribes of Israel, except one with Rehoboam. All based upon what? He couldn't listen to wisdom. He had to listen to his little clan that had no wisdom, no understanding, but all they knew is what they wanted. People make the same choice constantly. I don't want to see that. See, I've been through already a couple of these things. I'm seeing people that were losing stuff here and they're in the same place again. Same action, same attitude. And I'm trying to help, but I can only do what people want to receive. That's what's called counsel. So if you're wanting me to run around and tell you, ain't happening, SA. Ain't happening. Counsel can only be received all through Scripture, Proverbs, you have to seek out counsel. 
People want the pastors to run around, but they don't want him to run around. But when things happen, they want to say, he didn't run around. He didn't tell me. That's not my responsibility. You're also the one who wants me to go mow your lawn because I'm your pastor. Yeah, right. But the thing is, is this happens. This always happens. And what we want is we don't want to be a statistic. We want people to learn. Hey, you made a bad decision. You went bankrupt. Okay, learn. That's it. Learn. But if you don't learn, if you don't put in new info, if you don't establish a new way of viewpoint, you're going to go bankrupt too. You're going to go in debt again. You're going to lose again. And guess what? That's the majority of people in our society. They're not going to learn. They're not going to learn. I like the scripture in Proverbs that says, seek out wisdom. It's the principal thing. You know, in the Hebrew language, what that literally means? Buy wisdom. It's a commercial transaction. And you're thinking, what, what, I can go buy it? Where, I'll get in line. Where's it at? I got Bitcoin. What, buy? When you're looking at this, you're realizing, what does that mean? Buy wisdom. What it means is wisdom doesn't come free. Sacrifice is needed. What? It just doesn't fall in your lap. You got to seek it, want it, desire it. It's going to cost me a little. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I want to get around people that are going in a direction I want to go. And I'll do whatever it takes I can to get glean a little bit from them. If it's going to cost me hundred bucks, fine. If I have to do it weekly, whatever, but that's what I want to get to. That's where I want to be. And so I learned that and I've used that principle. I've done it three times and it's always blessed me and I've never had to pay. And I was willing to pay and I even put the money on the desk, but they wouldn't take it. But it was because of my attitude of not wanting to tell them what I knew or who I was. I wanted everything, and I want to keep my mouth shut and just listen and pay attention and, and, and ask a question and hear the answer. Not, not decide if the answer is according to what I want to hear. I just did everything and wrote down notes. And I'm telling you, that's the attitude that we have to have if we want to get to the next level in the areas that we want help in, the troubled areas we have. you got to seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. Get after it, amen? Get after it. So what we've seen is, is Rehoboam blew it. He didn't listen to people that knew better. He didn't listen to the boomer. They're old people. They don't have a clue what they're talking about. No, the point is, is they know everything that you need to know. Everything. Now, I'm talking about just because someone's old, they're smart. Oh, gosh, that's not true at all. Okay, don't even take that that way. Because there's a whole lot of dumb old people, right? I mean, dumb, dumb old people, a whole lot of them. But what I'm saying is when wisdom's around, get hold of it. Don't listen to the punks out there. I'm telling you, don't do it. Are you hearing me? Don't do it. I mean, what, what's the term? Computer term, gligo, 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 G-I-G-O, gligo. Gigo, gigo. Garbage in, garbage out. Anybody ever hear that? 
That's a computer term. Garbage in, garbage out. That's not what we want, is it? No way. 12 understanding, choose the right. Number one, the root cause of all your worst decisions is you. What? The root cause of all your decisions is you. This is point number one. I have 12, all right? And don't think they're going to be done today. Root cause of all your worst decisions is you. You see this. No one can make your decision, but someone can influence your decision if you receive from them. No one can make your decision for you, but you can be influenced by someone else. Do you ever got that? Everybody got that? We all know that. We remember the times when we were influenced to do bad. We listened to someone else, but we still had to make decision. You still had to make decision. I remember growing up different things. Come on, throw a rock. Throw a rock when the car drives away. Throw a rock. No, man, I want to. What if I hit it? No, that's what it's so cool. It's so cool. Throw a rock. Throw a rock. I don't want to. And I'm thinking, ah, just throw it up in the air. And it's like, throw it up in the air and hit the car. Now I'm 10 years old. I'm thinking, well, first thing you think is you run. <laughs> but 10 years old, you're not smart in how you run. You know, 16, I ain't running to where I know I need to run. I run to where they think I'm running. And I'll be running wherever, just running. And then I get to the safe house or my house. <laughs> but you got to go over a couple different backyards. I can show you my, I can take you to 64th Avenue and Osborne and show you my trail. But the point is, is 10, you don't do that. You run straight to your house. And they're watching you. <laughs> oh, did I get a whooping? I think it lasted like a week. It was a week-long whooping. But it's all based upon what? I just, I knew I shouldn't. Guys, we all know we shouldn't. We know we shouldn't. But we allow ourselves to stay in that situation and the pressure becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. Instead of run away. Just run away. You already know it's wrong. You know it's not a good place. See, why aren't we doing it? Because we're too afraid what they think. Image always gets down to there, doesn't it? Image, 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 image. Who cares what they think? They're the ones that are going to get in the backseat of the police car, not you. You're the one that's going to be going, ha, 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 told you. Right? What do we need to do? Let's be wise on this understanding. We make our decisions, Amen. Unsuccess unsuccessful people make decisions based upon their current situation. Unsuccessful people make decisions based upon their current situation. Successful people make decisions based upon where they want to be. Future. Where they want to be. I wanted to make a big ticket decision recently. So I survey and look at all the different aspects of that decision. 
and I'm looking at price and cost and what would work and what wouldn't work. And I look at all these decisions. I lay it out and I'm sitting there going, oh man, wouldn't this look cool? And I even show the family, this is, this is, you know, this is cool and this is what I'm looking at. But I'm going through this whole motion of what I do. This is what I do. In my journey of finances, exactly what I do. So I build this picture, build understanding of what level of, of, of price and, and is this going to meet a need and it's going to last. And I go through this whole process and then I have to go to the process where I go to number two. And number one is, is I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. Number two is, is but. And but goes the other level. And but usually is helped too by having someone with you that trusts you. And so I asked my wife, I go, what do you think? And she says the first one statement and ends it and says, can we afford it? My thoughts are, couldn't have been, honey, you do so well with our finances. You just do it, man. I believe in you. No, she was actually making that statement completely because she trusts me in that. She knows that the scenario where I excel in. And she asked the right question. Now, I already know that question. But it just accelerated me going to part two. And part two is, is what's it going to take? Well, I already know what it's going to take. More than I have. I don't have, I, I already have a plan. I'm, get, I'm getting out of debt. That would mess up my plan. Totally. I got five credit cards. Three are already gone. I got two now I'm working on. That's it. And then my house. That's why I'm working to be debt-free. So I'm at a place where we're, we're able to have fun. We're able to do what things we want to do. We can watch a movie, whatever. I have, we're fine. But to get that level, that's going to affect something. That's going to bring another debt. So now I'm looking at not what I want or, or I'm looking at now, I'm looking at what I should be looking at, future. Because that'll affect other things. That'll affect other things that I want to get that are big, that I really, excuse me, that are really important. So I had to go, okay, no, I can't. And until I get increase, until increase comes in, for, for me to be able to get increase, I can't do it. So I'm not going to. So, and, and that's fine. I have no problem. I'm not going to throw a fit or cry or whine or go, oh gosh, I don't get nothing. It doesn't matter to me. Why? Because that, where I want to go, is more important than right now. I don't want to be in that position. And who knows what's going to happen, you know, in a little bit. I'm going to get stuff almost free. So I, that's what I'm believing. That's what I'm thinking. Not that I want that to happen to people. I just know economics. And I know history. And I know what's going to take place. I, it's, don't be deceived. Walk in wisdom. Amen? Walk in wisdom. I, someone came up to me, Pastor, you think I should buy a house? Nope. Why? Because it's a seller's market. You're going to be paying way, 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 way more. But if you have to, and you can, if that's what you believe, then that's the choice you make. But if you're asking my opinion, uh-uh. But anyway, that's just my opinion. You didn't ask, so don't worry about it. I'm just saying. If you didn't, you didn't ask. You have not because you asked not. You didn't ask. You're good. 
Remember, you usually don't see life as it is. You see life as you are. That's deep, huh? But it's true. So the tendency to make a decision on stuff, we're not really looking at reality. Please pay attention to more than just you. My points are going to get into so many different things, especially when it deals with decisions and others and all kinds of stuff. I'm telling you, this is a big thing. We are going to start making the right ones today, right? Make the right ones. Let's start now and let's start realizing the importance of every decision we make. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the wisdom of this word. And we, we're, not, we're wanting to go the right direction. Go the right way. The information we receive, we take this information, we start putting it to use. This is a process. This is our journey. But if we don't do anything, if we don't count the costs, if we don't sacrifice, if we aren't making payment toward our success, we're not going to have it. Parents, it's important that we understand this because we have to represent correctly. Train up a child in the way they should go. So much involved in our success and those around us. Let's use wisdom. It's the principal thing God said. And Father, we thank you for this because you want our best. That's why you said, after you gave us a choice of life or death, you said, choose life. Well, guess what, God? I believe love life. I believe I, as a pastor, choose life. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.